Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, The Unsolved Mystery of Seaman Bing. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. When does 2 plus 2 not equal 4? When does a recovered sailor with a name stenciled on his uniform not match any crew member of the sunken ship? And how does a man so large in stature as to be a standout among mere mortals not be noticed when he was lost? Stay tuned to find out how you can help solve one of World War II's strangest mysteries. I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great and true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the Foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We dedicate this episode today to all our loyal listeners and amateur and professional sleuths all over the world who would like to join in the hunt to identify a lost sailor. Here's your chance to really make a difference for some family of a missing American serviceman. When the USS Indianapolis was struck by two Japanese torpedoes shortly after midnight on 30 July 1945, she sank in 12 minutes and dumped most of her crew of over a thousand sailors into the warm Pacific Ocean. Some were wearing life jackets, some were not. And although there were a few rafts and floater nets which had been cut loose before the ship went down, surviving what would become a four-day and five-night ordeal in the water before rescue finally arrived became a nightmare of the first order. In the final count, there would be only 316 survivors who endured long hours in the cruel ocean without food or water and swarms of hungry sharks. What happened to the other 879 lost sailors and how they died became one of history's greatest series of military mysteries. Today's episode is the tale of just one of those mysteries, and it has more clues, false leads, and dead-end alleys to search to keep most of our ardent Sherlock Holmes fans scratching their heads. The destroyer escort USS Cecil J. Doyle was the first ship to arrive at the scene of the sinking of the Indianapolis on 3 August 1945. The Doyle rescued a total of 93 survivors before being ordered to Peleliu Island to deliver the survivors for medical treatment. The Doyle was then ordered back to the scene of the sinking to assist in further rescue and recovery operations. Between 0600 hours on 5 August 1945 and the afternoon of 8 August 1945, the USS Cecil J. Doyle recovered and buried at sea a total of 21 bodies, 
and numbered them in chronological order that they were recovered. The Doyle described her operations as a, in a, as a recovery vessel in her recovery report, which I quote an excerpt of now. Doyle reported, reported, quote, After daylight on August 6, all ships departed the area except the USS French and this vessel. A total of 17 bodies were recovered on this day. All bodies were discolored and bloated, and some were in advanced stage of decomposition and were almost skeletonized. It is the opinion of the medical officer that all had been dead for a period of at least three days. The first group was taken on board and, after identification, was buried at sea with services conducted by the commanding officer. Photographs of the services were taken and will be available if it is considered desirable to send them to the families of the deceased. After the first group, on the advice of the medical officer, further bodies located were identified and buried directly by the medical officer and party working from the ship's boat without attempting to bring them aboard for more formal services. All personal effects were recovered, removed, collected, and properly marked and are being forwarded separately for further disposition. You know, in the absence of other information, our foundation found some quotes by other crew members of the USS Doyle who described their own efforts during the recovery operation. Sailor J.W. Brown said, quote, I was the bow hookman on a whale boat from the Doyle. We picked up about 16 deceased crew members from the USS Indianapolis, which were brought aboard the ship and placed in mattress covers for burial. They were in awful shape, but were given a Christian burial. You could see where the sharks had been having a field day. Most of the flesh from their arms and legs was gone. We ran out of mattress covers and buried the rest of the deceased crew from the whale boat using hedgehogs as sinking weights. A hedgehog was a, was a bomb used in a depth charge uh, system on board the destroyer escort to attack and hopefully sink enemy submarines. Signalman Match Cloninger reported, quote, Our burial detail was composed of one crew member from each of the departments aboard the ship. As we started to pick up the deceased, we had to fight off the sharks, which were everywhere and almost refusing to give up the deceased. We were able to bring one or two bodies at a time to the ship and place them on the deck. The men on the deck began to identify the deceased, many of whom had body parts missing. Only a few had wallets or dog tags, so they had to look for birthmarks, tattoos, old scars, dental work, or anything else that would help identify the deceased. Once this was completed and a group of five or six lay out on the limited deck space, the deckhands would wrap the deceased in canvas or mattress covers and a burial at sea funeral service was conducted. And finally, Fire Controlman Second Class William Stucker reported, quote, After some fruitless hours of search for more live survivors, we came across many deceased sailors floating on the surface. We were out there on the calm and peaceful Pacific Ocean. It was hot and sultry with no breeze, and we came across an area where many had died and they were popping up all over the sea near us. Sharks were ever-present as they circled constantly as our crews worked to perform a burial. 
our crews recovered and identified when possible and performed appropriate burial service. This was a very gruesome and horrible duty, but it had to be done. End quote. Body number 16 recovered by the Doyle was recovered at oh, almost 4.30 in the afternoon on 6 August 1945, 16.23 hours to be precise. The body was floating by itself in the water and was very distinctive compared to the other bodies being recovered that day and buried at sea. The recorded information on body number 16 was noted by the medical officer as, quote, no identification tags found on body. No dental chart made. Fingerprints unobtainable. List of personal effects, one fountain pen. Dungarees were stenciled Bing, 1st Division. No other identification. The estimated height of the body was 6 foot 3 inches and an estimated weight of 250 pounds. No color eyes or color hair were recorded. Well, Navy uniform regulations during World War II stated that all articles of clothing and accessories should be marked with the owner's name, usually meaning the last name and initials, and a service number, in a particular way and in a particular place. No transfer exchange or exchange of uniform clothing of enlisted personnel could be made without the authority of the commanding officer. When the USS Cecil J. Doyle recovered body number 16, it noted exactly how it identified the body, using the stenciling on the trousers as required by Navy regulations. This unfortunate drowned sailor from the USS Indianapolis was named Bing. That's B-I-N-G and he was assigned to the 1st Division on the Indy, which was probably the forward number one gun turret containing three 8-inch guns. Bing was no doubt a very distinctive crew member due to his size of six foot three and 250 pounds, when the average stature of an Indy sailor at the time was five foot eight or five foot nine inches and around 145 pounds. The commanding officer of the Doyle reported that all recovered bodies, including Bing, were buried at sea on 6 August 1945 and cited the latitude and longitude of the burial. But, <laughs> and there's always a but in history's military mysteries, if you think our efforts to identify Bing and have his records cleared from the MIA list with the United States Navy, you'd be wrong. If you thought our efforts would be successful. At least, not yet. Continued research by investigators from the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation discovered that there is no being assigned to the USS Indianapolis, and no reference in the available literature about the Indy sinking to such a person whose nickname might have been Bing. Multiple congestors and working theories have been examined and, frankly, rejected. Some of these have been, well, the initials B-I-N-G. Maybe they were just initials, not an actual name. Well, those initials match no crew member either. Other theory was, maybe the last name was copied down wrong. Maybe it wasn't Bing. Maybe it was King or something else like that. 
Sorry, no four-letter last names like King match the other known facts known about our being. Well, another theory was maybe maybe Bing just put on someone else's pants in the panic of the sinking. Oh, come on, really? Who else would be wearing trousers that a six foot three inch, two hundred fifty pound behemoth could get into? That one didn't fly very far. And then there's that question. Who carries a fountain pen in his pants pocket off a sinking ship? On 1 May 2021, the Foundation submitted a formal investigative report to Admiral Samuel Cox, Director of the Navy's History and Heritage Command, respectfully recommending that the investigative report be submitted to the Secretary of the Navy for the request that the appropriate administrative procedures be implemented to remove 12 and later 13 Indianapolis crew members from the unaccounted for list maintained by the Department of Defense which our investigations determined had actually been buried at sea by the Doyle and other recovery ships. Sadly, Bing was not on our list of confirmed identifications. And we need your help. Somewhere, someone out there knows who Bing really was. Does some family remember a Uncle Bing as lost on the Indianapolis? Is there some other theory we haven't thought of and investigated? Are there some other avenues that, for which we can look? Our quest for closure comes for being, and it comes never too late. Here's your chance to help solve a history's mystery. Let us know your thoughts via an email to foundation at chiefrickstone.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you like to listen. No Home for Heroes is featured on just about any podcast site all over the world. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes. But shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>